So when I moved back to Detroit, I'd been gone for 12 years. And the thing I was looking for were my peers. I was looking for my artists, my collaborators. I was truly looking for the sound of my city. Like what, is, what does Detroit sound like? And the only way to truly answer that is, is to think about the music. The music that historically has been made, but also the music that's still being made here, that's impacting the world. I was um, heavily influenced by Motown music. The entire world has been influenced. It's the sound of American, American music is Motown, right on West Grand Boulevard, just literally minutes from my home where I live now. But we also on the east side have East Grand Boulevard and these techno pioneers who are literally worshiped around the world. And if they're walking up the street in Detroit or going to the store, if you see Mike Banks just having a cup of coffee at a diner, you would think he's just a regular Joe. <laughs> but he's not, he's a giant. He's a giant. Uh, Juan Atkins, you know, Kevin Saunderson, the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, Smokey Robinson, a uh, hip hop legend um, I knew as JD, everyone, or John Doe, who changed hip hop, changed hip hop, East Coast hip hop changed because of a young man from the east side of Detroit named Dilla, right? My dear friend Proof and Baten, rest in peace from Slum Village. We've lost some of our people too. Even Eminem, you know, we're all kind of regular kids that didn't have a lot a lot of resources, but use this thing called art. We found paint and put it on walls like Chaz Miller and Sidney James and Sabrina Nelson and countless, countless muralists in this city, um, Cliff Note, who have taken to walls and, and, and told stories um, with brushes. I do it with poems and we do it with MCs and we do it with dance. Sometimes we have to put it in our bodies. So the sound you hear inside of a Detroit artist is one of grind and heart. And an artist that hasn't been spoon-fed you know, their opportunities. So when you hear that, when you see it in the paintings, when you hear it in our voices, you're wondering, where did this artist come from? Where, where are you from? I remember Amiri Baraka would ask me that, perplexed. Where are you from? And I just say, I'm, I'm from Detroit. <laughs> and that, that means something. Being from Detroit is a sound. It is a frequency. It's an energy. This is Intersections Detroit. Resilience and hustle from the heart of the D. Chapter 4, Art. Culture is not complete if you don't have all the components in it. You have to have the dance, the music, the language and the, the taste and the feel. The language. The language.
When you are a woman, when you are brown, when you are brave, when you walk over glass like water, when you know your eyes are borrowed like time, when you peel off your skin for the very first time. Fear is never in style in the mecca of the blue. Fear never lives in the gut of the new. You want poems, and I want to build my home. You want poems, and I just want love in my hands. You want poems, and I'm not interested in fans. You love me inside my magic, and I just want you to see you already had it. It is the telling when someone asks. It's the way he holds the glass, licks the surface, examines without touching. It's the way our energy takes over rooms. It is the subtle conversation. It is the freedom of emancipated language. It is words scribbled inside my skin. It's the curve of the line, the beauty of the lies. Stories passed down through generations of pain and pride, ocean and tide. Water remembers, water returns. African mermaids blending with dark sand. It is the danger of the dance, the upright base of the heart, the dice roll drum, the simple tease, the last laugh, the addiction to this moment. Where else do I put it? Don't know where to put it. Place it, bury it deep in my chest, back of my throat. Where should I hide it? On this stage, should I give it to you? Here is my honesty, my work undressed. Legs stretched across piano, traded like cattle, raped like animal, left for dead. Sucked dry for inspiration, in love with the idea of living long enough to simply write about it. Push it out my body and watch my son slowly grow into it. You said you wanted a poem. Now what you gonna do with it, huh? Etta, Phyllis, Billy, Whitney, Abby, how much time you got? I'm a body of clocks. I'm a master of mics. I'm a metaphor for survival. I'm the gold they use to build their churches. A beautiful idea to flirt with, but who should I marry? The moonlight, a white dove, a wolf, this Eastern music of prayer. How many babies we gonna make inside a song? Which revolution, which nation shall we rule? The island of the spirit world, the beauty of the believers, the carpenters, the men who build the dream and place you on the front line of their planet. One day, the stars will line up between breath and ink and voice, between reality and choice. It is the danger of the dance, the upright bass of the heart, the dice roll drum, the cymbal tease, the last laugh, the addiction to this moment. Peace, I'm Jessica Caremore. I am a poet. I am an artist, proof of existence that my people were here. I'm a conduit, I'm a lover of humanity, and I'm a mom.
My name is Chaz, I'm from Detroit. I'm passionate about my art and I'm passionate about inspiring humanity with my art. I was always creative and that was the main thing. So even whether it was in sports or in uh, choir, I would always try to do something outside of the box. I actually sparked the art movement in the Eastern Market in 19... 96, we started a gallery on Division Street in Russell called the Johansson Charles Gallery. And it was there for 10 years. And there was really no kind of uh, art in the Eastern Market at the time. And we did poetry and jazz and had, uh, we had a lot of firsts. When I paint, I feel free. I feel independent. I feel like I'm in control of my own destiny and my own space and time. Over the years, it's just been uh, notebooks and you archive experiences, dreams. So it might start from one drawing and then it turns into a series. And then you realize that there's a story behind maybe a character or an incident or a sequence and it just works and it just, again, it builds on, it's snowballs, right? My commitment has always been to teach young people the value of art and also the community at large the value of art because you can't sell your art if the community doesn't recognize the value of what you're producing. So in 2003, I started an organization called Public Artworks that would get everyone engaged in the production of art, thereby increasing their appreciation of their own environment and their surroundings through doing this art in public that's not locked up in a museum. this journey, I've inspired a lot of young people to follow their dreams in art. I didn't have anyone to mentor me when I was coming up, so that's been very important to me, to, to inspire others to follow their dreams despite their good jobs. And this, this type of uh, community that just expects you to work a nine to five and they think that's the only way to make it. But now Detroit has shifted to entrepreneurship and, and the arts are very important as far as that's concerned. So I'm really excited to be part of Detroit's transition. So when I look long term, 
Where are we going? What's this all about? What's, we work hard every day. We inspire people for what? What I've been looking forward to is starting an institution called the Sunflower Arts Center on Grand River in Detroit and last year near the Artist Village. It's three floors, 30,000 square feet, and it would be an incubator, a larger incubator from the Artist Village to teach dance, music, art, entertainment, writing, production, all aspects of the art for young people. This could leave a legacy of young people that would lead other young people to the arts and create a, a legacy of, of art in Detroit. A lot of my earliest influences that led me to be who I am now were brought on just from the environment and surroundings I grew up around. Working class circumstances, learning how to use my hands at a young age. Some of the earliest surroundings that I, I was influenced by were just the kind of general grittiness of Detroit. The, the streets, the neighborhoods, the texture. A lot of it was very rough when I was a child. I was born in the 1970s and into the early 80s. Uh, there was a density that doesn't exist anymore. I just remember there being a lot of vibrancy, but also toughness, grittiness. The neighborhood I grew up in was in a township called Redford Township, which is on the northwestern border of Detroit City. We had dirt streets that were oiled to keep the dust down. To go to school, I might have to walk across the train tracks. And that exploration of my neighborhood and factories and all of the junk that existed in Detroit was just the beginnings for me to want to explore further. My name is Scott Hawking. I'm a Detroit-based installation artist and photographer. I like to play with the idea of history 
and storytelling. So one of the, the aspects of my work is this reoccurring theme in superimposing ancient history and ideas of ancient history and stories over our contemporary circumstances and surroundings. Thinking about how humans do the same patterns over and over again through time, thinking about how humans view the past and how humans will be viewed in the future. I like old buildings even when they're in decay because I still think they're a part of the fabric of the history of Detroit. Every place has a story. So to me, the most important thing is respecting history. I don't look at things too terribly much through the lens of positive and negative. I'm more interested in, in truth and now ways of viewing things. So for me, for example, working in a space that someone might say is an abandoned building, well, that word carries a connotation with it that's negative. I see this as just a place on the timeline of natural proceedings. Things are born, things live, things decay, things die, things are reborn. There's a natural cycle to all things. And one of the most important things in my work that I think about is how working in spaces like this is a way to focus on an aspect of life people don't like to think about much, which is mortality. I like to focus on the parts that might not be seen as beautiful because to me they are beautiful and they're an important aspect of life. My name is Tiffany Brown. I'm an advocate for equity, diversity, and inclusion in art and architecture. Art played a huge part in my journey to where I am now. One of my earliest childhood memories is learning how well my mom and dad could draw. My mom is, uh, she could draw a self-portrait down to the hair or, or eyelash on a person. My dad drew a flip book on a no in a notebook with a man running and jumping and doing a flip. They were two of the greatest artists that I can think of. And from that point on, I wanted to become a great artist. I wanted to draw all things. I wanted to use the creative side of my brain for writing, for art, for music, all of these things. And I was never directly exposed to architecture growing up, but the things that I loved 
were the things that I needed to use in the College of Architecture. So there was always creative writing. I always loved to draw. I had an art teacher who I loved all through school and just experienced in a wood shop, um, which would come in handy later down the line. Today I work in architectural design and construction management. One of the things that I do appreciate about the design culture in the city is we do have a lot of entities, people, companies, a lot of artists, a lot of designers who are very determined to keep Detroit rich in culture and design. When a lot of people come here from other cities and other states, they come here for the culture. You ask them why and, and you know, it's, it's the culture. It's, that's always their answer. It's the culture. Assalamu alaikum, my name is Fatou Seydi Singyamsa, but call me Seydi. I am a mother, aunt, a daughter, and a proud Detroiter. I came to Detroit and started doing African dance in Detroit. And it's opened up a side of me that was, it's almost like my parents inputted all these things. This is who you are, this is where you come from, this is your language, this is how you're supposed to go, who you're supposed to be didn't see the value in it until I ended up in a space where my identity is questioned all the time. Then I become very comfortable, more comfortable in my skin when I start taking African dance because I was like, oh my God, this is who I am. 
the stories start making sense. You have to have the dance, the music, the language, and the, the taste and the feel. Language do convey things that I cannot translate. If I translate, it's never going to be right. With African dance, it grounds me in the idea of community. Growing up with 12 brothers and sisters, nothing is I. So when people talk about, uh, I need my personal space, what's personal space? And I always challenge some of my people who came to my dance class, if you want to build a nation, you want to build support. If I need an arm-length personal space and I have a heavy load, how are you going to help me? I tell the girls all the time, dance close to each other because that's how we as women keep the connections. And because if I turn around, I know that it's on the shoulder right next to me. If I allow myself personal space, when I fall, I don't have no support. So it always goes back and forth uh, with that. Check on your people. For me, it's like I'm building, I'm rebuilding a part of myself. Because if they are not whole, I am not whole. Music is really a gift, and I try and share that gift as, as much as I possibly can. Hey, my name is Marcus Elliott. I am a saxophonist, composer, educator, and producer in Detroit, Michigan. My father would take me out to jazz clubs and here in Detroit he would take me to Baker's Keyboard Lounge, to Burt's Marketplace, to Cliff Bell's. It was really what kind of got me into the music. The first club I went to was Burt's Marketplace which is in the Eastern Market. And I remember getting there, the, the feeling of just being amazed of watching these musicians on stage communicate with one another 
there was no music in front of them, but they were so in tune with one another. And it just really, it was the first time I had ever really seen that. There was a saxophonist that was playing. His name was Steve Wood. I just remember being like, wow, I think I can actually do this. Like, I think this is, this is like, this is what I want to do. I want to be able to do that. So. I decided I wanted to play the saxophone. My parents, they basically had turned to me and told me, unfortunately, Marcus, I don't think we're gonna be able to get this. Saxophone is just too much money. And then a good friend of mine, his mother overheard my parents saying this. And she said, wait a second, my oldest son played the saxophone. There's one in our closet that's been sitting there for years. Marcus can just have that. It's just a constant reminder how this music is really a gift. I'll always remember that and I try and share that gift as, as much as I possibly can. The, the jazz scene and the music scene in general here is very, uh, it's very strong. It's a very strong and, 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 and potent scene of really amazing artists. I think that's just because of the city that we live in. It's a very in, intense city, fiery city and, a, and, a, and a, a dark city. You know what I mean? There's a very deep history to the music, specifically jazz music. There's such a deep tradition of it, but not just jazz, hip hop, techno, rock. Uh, soul, funk, I mean all of them have their own like their very very deep uh, rooted traditions and I feel like all of the artists that come out of Detroit there's a certain fire, there's a certain depth and, and intensity to whatever art they're doing. One day, the stars will line up between breath and ink and voice, between reality and choice. It is the danger of the dance, the upright bass of the heart, the dice roll drum, the cymbal tease, the last laugh, the addiction to this moment. Intersections Detroit is produced by LaToya Cross in the D for the Human Atlas and Rethink Audio. The executive producer and sound designer is Sarah Miles. Original music by Brian Eno, Ife Bess, and Marcus Elliott. Concept and interviews conducted by Marcus Lyon and his Human Atlas team. That's Camilla Pastorelli and Joe Briggs Price. Support for Intersections and the Human Atlas comes from the Kresge Foundation, working to expand opportunities in America's cities through grant-making and social investing. For more information, go to kresge.org. Special thanks to all iDetroiters, the people of our city. Your resilience, fire, and voice is what makes this work possible. My name is Jessica Care Moore. See you back here next week when you follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find great stories. Peace.